Pet Chat. Cheryl Shaw, lovely to see your bright, smiley face again. Oh, it's great to be here, Sarah. Who's sitting beside you, though? Oh, stranger. Stranger. <gasps> I'm here. He's back. I know. Hello, Dr. David Tabret. Hello, Sarah. We have missed you. Oh, that's so nice. It's good. I brought you chocolate. That's why we're very, yes, we're happy. (laughs) Ferrero Rocher's nonetheless. Yum. And what did I say? Great, I don't have to go to Pinkies this afternoon. I just love being here. We love having you. you. You've been busy. Now, Remembrance Day today, Cheryl, you've worn the two different coloured poppies. I have, yes. Remembering just the people and the animals that lost their lives. We'll have a chat about that and David I know you've got a good topic lined up today as well. Something that toddlers and uh, cats have in common. Let's go to Bill from Corlett. Uh, Now Bill you were listening to last week's topic and we were talking about different coughs in our pets, kennel cough being a a prominent one at the moment and you've got a question about that topic. Yeah um, I didn't hear it my wife was listening to it we've got a Doberman who um has a cough uh, after he's drunk a lot or, or eaten. And uh, I was just wondering, what was the... It was kennel cough that you were talking about or was it something else? Um, Dr Paul was on last week. And so coughing generally... I, I can pick up the topic, though, for sure. Um, coughing generally is a symptom or a sign and can be caused by a number of different things. So when we talk about kennel cough, we're talking about a specific... Uh, disease syndrome, which is better off called infectious tracheobronchitis. So that tells us that it's infectious and um, there's a number of organisms involved there. And the tracheobronchitis tells us that it's in the large windpipe and then it goes down into some of the smaller airways. So there's a lot of reasons why dogs can cough. One of the things that we see with dogs that often do this coughing after eating and drinking and particularly large uh, breed dogs, I would just be a little bit concerned about the risk of um, their larynx not working properly. So the nerve control to their voice box. And the reason that causes a problem is if they don't actually swallow properly, sometimes they can get food or water. Instead of going down the esophagus into the stomach, it actually goes into their airway, into the trachea. And the trachea is very, very sensitive, uh, as you'd expect. So as soon as something goes in there, they'll start coughing. Um, and the, um, the way he drinks, he, he tends to put his whole whole head in the water. Right. And he does lap. He, he sort of sucks it up. And I'm not sure whether he's like a vacuum cleaner and does it <laughs> the nose as well. Well, they don't. They don't actually. I haven't seen a dog who's able to suck it up. Uh, you know, because they just can't get that seal on the container in any way, but they will actually be lapping. But certainly a lot of dogs will bury their face in the water. That's not uncommon. That And that in itself shouldn't really trigger any coughing as such. It's it's more to do with what's happening further back in the throat. Um, oh, right. And so how old's your dog? Eleven. Eleven. Yeah, we do We do see these problems in older dogs and it's to do with the, the nerve that controls the larynx. Actually, it's kind of a weird nerve. It starts in the neck and then it actually goes down to the heart and then it circles back and comes back up to the throat. It's a bit weird how it does that. But the fact that it's so long means that, you know, in, in a large breed dog like a Doberman, it could actually be a metre long that or, you know, oh, 60 right. centimetres that for some reason these dogs are more prone to this problem. So it's called laryngeal paralysis. 
typically when we see these dogs, they may have an altered bark. So their bark has changed over the years. And when you hear them make a sound, it just doesn't sound right. Um, yep, very deep bark that he has. Well, a deep bark is probably okay, but I'd certainly want to speak with your vet and just make sure that we don't have this problem. It's unlikely to be kennel cough or an infectious cause simply because he's um, having it after eating and drinking. There's a couple of other things that can cause it, but it kind of involves a bit more investigation. Um, But I'd want to get him checked out and make sure he hasn't got any sort of laryngeal disorder because that can be quite serious, that disease. So best to pop over to the vet and get that checked out. Okay, thanks, Bill. Can it be a sign as well, David, in an older dog of a potential heart murmur if they're they're coughing after sort of doing a bit of running or getting excited or that sort of thing? It's, re- it's a really good question because we've always thought that dogs with heart disease, they will start to cough. But there's a little bit of controversy about that. I think the oh. heart disease on its own has to be fairly well advanced. There's before they'll cough. But there are different mechanisms. So the heart gets a bit bigger and it can press on the airway. Some people think that causes a cough. But then the main concern we're worried about is a buildup of fluid in the lung causing the cough. But generally right. that has to be fairly advanced. Okay. Now the complication is that most of the dogs we see that have got heart disease are small dogs and then they're coughing. But it usually is because they've actually got airway disease as well. Right. So they've got two problems. Right. And so we treat the heart disease, but actually it's the airway disease. Okay, that's causing the cough. Right. Um, and unfortunately, some dogs end up with heart failure and airway disease, and they're quite difficult okay. to manage. Okay. Hi, Michelle. You're in Raymond Terrace, and you've got a bit of an overweight kitty cat. Yes, yes. I've got an um, overweight cat, and she, she sort of grazes all day. Mm-hmm. Like she has a little bit and then, you know, a few hours more I give her a little bit. But lately she's going out and vomiting and then coming in and wanting more food. Okay, now um, what's, what breed of cat do you have? She's just a, just a um, moggy, just a... But Michelle, you can you turn sister. your radio down, please? Yeah. Thank you. Um, just, okay, uh, so just we've a got moggy. a moggy. Yeah, and how old is she? Michelle? She's 12. 12 year old. Has she always been overweight? Uh, yes. And. Um, uh, she's, she's really happy. She's yeah. not sick well, or anything. <laughs> how heavy, when you say overweight, how heavy is she now? Uh, she's got to be nearly five kilos. All right, okay. Not too bad. But let's just work this out. Her belly nearly hits the ground. Oh, okay. Wobbles around and all that. So have you been weighing her to look at her weight or is this just looking at her? Um, I weighed weighed her um, about 18 months ago and she was just under six kilos. Okay. So she's been a pretty big girl for a while. Yes. Yeah. So the problem... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because when we say overweight, I mean, certainly... it may well be that she is uh, def- meets a definition of being overweight, but she's not eight kilos, okay? Um, yeah. Which there's not many cats which, which would be considered lean at eight kilos. They're most our domestic cats. They're all going to be overweight, but five kilos may well be in a slightly heavier class. But I guess I'm more concerned about the vomiting now. How long has that yeah. been going on for? Oh, uh, a few about. 
I don't know, six to eight months. Okay. And how often would it happen? It happens every day. Just once a day or more often? No, a couple of times a day. Oh, that's a bit I of a worry. I go out front and she's had a feed and then she's vomited it up. Yeah. she comes back in and wants another feed. Okay. Um, one couple of things. Let's get some basics out of the way. Um, always want to probably be suspicious of hairballs. Um, cats groom, self-groom, and they can end up with hairballs. And we do see this as a problem, and it can cause this kind of behaviour. So she'll yeah, still have a good hair. appetite. She's short-haired. Yeah, they yeah. S- they still groom themselves, and their tongues, the barbs on their tongue are kind of like Velcro strips where they can actually pull the hair out. So oh, okay. what happens is once it gets into their stomach, it can actually just form a ball which acts as a valve. So it's a good idea to probably look at getting her some medication for that. There's a, a tube of... Um, paste it's a paraffin paste called cat lax and yeah. you'd what you do is you actually smear it some cats you can just they'll lick it off your finger um otherwise what you do is you smear it on their paw and they lick it off there okay and yeah. usually the, there's instructions on there you don't want to overdo that stuff but if you follow the instructions on the box cat lax c-a-t-l-a-x yeah. that that will um work probably within a few days to a week I've never noticed any hair ball in her vomit. No, they sometimes they don't come out because they're a fair size. That's the problem. So uh, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And this is kind of the basic thing just to start with. Now, if uh, we do that, that's good. It may not solve the problem. Then I think I would be concerned about what else is going on. And so in cats, we do see a variety of causes for why they're vomiting. Chronic vomiting, to be honest, is it's pretty special uh, group of diseases in that they're a bit difficult to diagnose at times. So I'm probably suggest that um, you have a chat to your vet about this. There's a number of different steps that are involved and I have been involved in um, looking after cats and investigating this where we've ended up even to the point where, you know, we might do an X-ray or an ultrasound, might have to do blood tests. And we've yeah. even had somewhere we've had to actually go to surgery just to biopsy the stomach okay, yeah. to find out what's going on. So we work our way through until we get an answer. But um, okay. it's, you know, diet sometimes plays a role, but more often than not, there will be an underlying yeah. cause. So start with the cat lax and then speak, do that for about a week and then speak to your vet and say, okay, here's what's going on. Let's get the ball rolling because uh, there might be a little bit of work to do. Okay, so we've got a bit of an action plan now. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Marie now from Merriweather. You've got a 12-year-old dog and it's gagging a lot. Yeah, she's two weeks off 12 and she's a lapper at so. And it's been happening for a while. I've had her at the vet. Uh, blood tests didn't prove anything and they do want to knock her out and do some x-rays, but I just can't put her through that. Mm, that's, so when she's gagging, is it occurring at any particular time? No, there's no pattern that can be throughout the night. There's no pattern at all. Okay. And um, is she actually producing anything? Is she coughing? No, just sounds like she's choking. Yeah, yeah, like there's something stuck or she's trying to bring something up. um, Yep. Definitely no pattern to it. All right. Has the vets seen this happen? Have they observed it? 
They haven't actually. I thought about videoing it and taking it down to them next time I go. Absolutely. That's the, yeah. that's the exact thing I was going to say because <laughs> the reason I mention that is that a lot of times people will come in and I had a case last week in the clinic actually where a client said, oh, the dog's vomiting and it's vomited eight times and then it did it in the consult room and I said, actually, it's not vomiting, that's coughing and retch- mm-hmm. and retching. Like the dog was mm-hmm. actually, and it was bringing stuff up, so that's why they thought it was vomiting. But it was actually saliva and fluid from its throat. Yeah, um, I, I so, just heard yeah. you talk about the kennel cough, and I know, I know it's not kennel cough, but it just sort of reminded me to ring you. Well, I think this is the thing: is we we now have in our pockets this wonderful, you know, everybody's got the cameras and videos so handy. And mm-hmm. what we've found, and this has been more so through COVID restrictions. We're actually relying on video quite a bit more, and I think it's wonderful. I think we get the ability to see what you're seeing. So, oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the time as a vet, I'm kind of spend 20 minutes talking to someone and trying to work out, is your dog vomiting or is it retching? And then, um, you know, a video would tell me in two seconds. Absolutely. Yeah, so, it's a, a new way of it that we've had to adapt to, isn't it? Yeah, we often talk to people too when their dog is having a seizure. Unfortunately, it's so traumatic they often don't often mm. think that they can video or they... had one they... of them before too where she did a backflip and it was so frightening. Yeah, but that again is a similar situation where we want a, a video to be able to do, diagnose. So I would yeah. say if you can, get a video. I think that's going mm-hmm. to be the most instructive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that might then suggest to the vet, uh, you know, which particular direction to go. It sounds mm-hmm. like they're being very thorough on what could be going on. Oh, they're great. They actually just had to move premises, so they were closed for a week. Oh, okay. Well, I think you'll find they'll be able to sort things out, but I'm Uh sure they're going to find as soon as you turn up with the video, they'll say, ah, this is what we're dealing with. I appreciate your time and your knowledge. Thank you. No worries. I try to listen every week. Thank you. Good on you. Thanks, Marie. Yeah, thanks, Marie. That must have changed the way... Uh, you practice, David, with people now bringing in videos. It must have saved so much time in consults. Well, yes, it did. It also added time. Did it? Yeah, with having people out. Like, for starters, we were doing curbside consults where clients were outside or inside. And oftentimes, you know, we miss some of the communication. Yeah. You know, we we do, as humans, rely on nonverbal communication. And when we're actually talking on the phone or on the radio, I guess... So I mean We're coming just, in with a video, oh, video of the problem, going, look, it's got a cough, oh, this is look, what it's doing. That must be such a great thing. been now. trying to get people to do this for years, and I think we've all of us have discovered, whether it's in our personal life, in our work life, new ways of doing things. Yeah. So yep. um, very interesting, though, is I've talked to a vet a couple of years ago, and they had a clinic in um, the west uh, east coast of, uh, I think it was in New Jersey, and they actually had a specialist on staff, right, who worked there. Yep. But they, the specialist would consult to a clinic in Singapore by video. Wow. Wow. And now Isn't we can that do that. We actually get uh, people from the UK as well helping us with our That's cases. amazing, isn't it? So we have access to specialists 24-7.
That's so cool. Got to love technology. Mm. 49216216. When we come back, Cheryl, if we get a chance, we'll get to your topic. <laughs> but, the lines but, are busy. It's but if great. we're busy, we'll, we'll keep the calls coming because we, we do love being able to help out. But, David, before you go today, you have to tell us the tie in between um, toddlers and cats. So, what, what do toddlers and uh, cats have in common? Has it got something to do with toilet training? Oh, you're very close. Because That's it. I know yes, that cats well, toddlers, like a lot of, of different little litter trays, and toddlers obviously mm. want to give them a lot of options when they're you know, learning to use the toilet. In- inappropriate urination. Uh, okay. Should have said toddler boys, huh? <laughs> Maybe Inappropriate urination. Just prompted me because I saw a kitty cat the other night that uh, had this problem and, yeah, there was a lot going on. Okay. So, so if we get a chance If we get a chance today, that. we've got a lot of calls. This is great. We do. Time to look at our dog of the week. I've got a real soft spot for this one, Buddy, and actually I was quite surprised that our promotions manager, Kim who puts up our Dog of the Week each week, that she didn't snap him up. I said to her, I thought you would have for sure, and she said, I'm so so tempted. Uh, I think she's got a puppy on the way, though. Mm -hmm. So Buddy is a seven-year-old Labrador retriever cross, and he has the most beautiful temperament. In fact, they've written here one of the best they've ever seen in a dog. So he is a good, good dog. He's loyal, loving, and will give back twofold. Buddy just wants your company. He would best suit a young, active family with kids who want to play with him and show him him plenty of love and cuddles so he wants to he wants to be part of a family here he wants to be loved and do things he's not bothered by a little bit of rough play so he's obviously got a very good temperament Mm. Uh, he loves walks on the beach and tagging along on bike rides but he has spent most of his life on a chain in a business yard which is just heartbreaking Uh, and he used to escape in the past but obviously probably to find some company and pats he will need to be kept on a strong secure lead at all times when outside the house yard until he feels safe and secure in his new home. He doesn't like storms, so there'll be a bit of work there, David, as we know a lot of dogs are scared of storms and prefers to be inside when they roll in. Don't we all? Uh, Buddy has learnt to sit and wait for his food. He is very obedient and learns fast. He also shakes hands. He's great with other dogs and shows absolutely no aggression towards them. So there's a few big ticks there mm. um he's quite strong on the lead so you know you, you need someone probably not the kids to be holding him when you first start until you do some more training so if you would like to know more about buddy we've got some great picks up there as well for uh well you can call us or you can head to our website to when you to learn a little bit more about buddy today and any comments you he would looks have on those he looks breeds? fantastic he does yeah and the temperament fits, doesn't it, with the breed, the lab retriever cross? They're just so good, aren't they? It's very interesting. I asked the question in the break about, you know, how did he come into care? And that's a heartbreaking story. But they're do- these these guys are dogs that just love to be with family. They're they just, social. They want it anyway. Of yeah. course. Yeah, they just want to be. So look, if you are looking, seven years old. So still, you know, he's young, but he's, he's probably past that crazy puppy stage as well. Correct. Please have a look at Buddy. All right, taking your calls now, 49216216. We're going to go to Lee uh, in Lake Memora. You've got a question about your cat, Lee. Yes, um, it's actually not my cat. It's a cat from up the road, and sadly he came from a broken home, Mm. and the fellow that stayed there in the house refuses to look after him. So um, his mum ended up in Perth, so I'm caring for him until we can get him home. But he's in a really bad way due to possible neglect from the fellow that had him. Mm. So I 
So he would always come over at night time, only in the dark time, and I would always give him his biscuits and he'd eat really, really well. And then a few weeks ago, I noticed he was dropping in weight. Then on Sunday, the 1st of November, he came to my door early Sunday morning with um, just this horrible infection in his eyes. So I got him to the vet. Aww, we got him. Good. Oh, and he's, he's so skinny and he's a lovely, sweet little cat. Anyway, um, I got it, but the vet prescribed Maxidex drops, so I was administering them daily and that was going okay, though he wasn't eating very well and he's got a polyp in one of his nostrils as well. So we've been weighing him and then I've come home from work Monday afternoon on the 9th and his eyes were and his nose were like just this horrible infection green. So we raced into the vet again. Now he had an um, any, um, antibiotic injection yesterday yeah. and got eye gel, is it chlorazone eye gel? Yep. Um, we're putting him on the um, urgent care food as well and yesterday he just was not eating obviously because he can't probably smell his food so I was syringe feeding him that and also oh, so the, um, the, the, the De- Devila text milk, what's it called? Uh, Divitalact milk. Divitalact, milk. yeah. Yeah. So, um, but this morning, um, he's an outside cat, so I, I've got rescue cats, and he's welcome to come in because they all love him. They know him as Cousin Choppy. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> Cousin Choppy comes to visit, and he used to come out the back and play when the cats were out having a little playtime outside in the afternoon, and they'd all go back in, and he'd pop home, and off he'd go. Um, but um, he ate okay this morning, and I'm just wanting to make sure I'm on the right track because we're trying to fly him home to Perth, but we can't till mm. um, he's, like, when I was syringe feeding him yesterday um, from lunchtime on till yesterday evening, I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be a really long process. But he ate, I thought he ate well this morning. Um, I just add lots of water and that. Um, yeah, yeah. And that. So yeah, I'm, I, th- I so think... I'm just wanting to make sure I'm on the right track. And yes. my biggest concern is him... Um, obviously, the polyp is, is so much we can do about that at the moment. His eyes are a lot better today, but I'm concerned about I'm, I'm feeding him the right amount to keep his weight. He's only 2.8 kilos, and he hasn't put on any weight since the first. Yeah, I think your instincts are right. I mean, he certainly can't go anywhere until we get his weight up and he's stabilised and we clear the infection. Yeah. I'm going to suggest you're looking at at least a month. No, that's okay. Which would be I'll, minimum. I'll, I'll, his mum's been gone nearly... 20 months and right. because okay. sadly the fella refused to fly him home and I went, right, I'm yeah. stepping in. Can't you keep in. him? <laughs> Sounds um, like well, he's I found did... a good home. Oh, he, he, oh his Cousin mum Choppy. misses him terribly. Yeah. yeah. So I'm his foster mum until we can get him okay. home. His mum, mum misses him terribly and um, sadly he can't afford to fly him home so we're sort of organising to try and get him home as soon as he's well. So yeah. that's the main that's really priority. I'd be, I'd be thinking that... Um, Oh, in addition to the fact that he, he his weight loss may be because he's had the infections, and so, so that and the you know because he can't smell. Yeah, so that's that could be something that takes a while to come back. Okay. It also is a scenario where we often see they'll need repeated courses of antibiotics. Um, okay. The other thing is that uh, if that polyp in his nose, and depending on where it is. You know, we just got to be alert in case there's bleeding and things like that. Mm-hmm. So well, it was yesterday. You know. I know was it yesterday? No, the Monday afternoon when I got home from work, the these eyes just weren't clearing up like they were doing well, and then the green came through his eyes, yes. and the green was coming out his nose, and I went, "Okay, this is not good." No, so we you do. To the vet. 
yeah, I think you're. I think you're on the right track. It's just time is going to be the biggest thing. So if you're if you're prepared to hang in there and keep doing what you're doing, and then I think he's got a really good chance to end up back with his mum back in. Wish there's more people like Lee in the oh, world. That's wonderful. It's so beautiful. That's a beautiful on commitment you, there. Yeah. Let's go to Sharon from Maryland. You've got a 12 year old dog. Uh, has had some teeth removed, but a very sore mouth at the moment. Yes, that's it. She's a little deaf hound. Oh, okay. I've been seeing lots of Daxies recently. It's amazing how many they can't... I think they all come out at once. <laughs> um, so when we say he's had teeth removed, how many? Um, she's, had the two, she's had two teeth removed at two different times. So she had a sore mouth and we got one out. Yes. And she had to go under surgery to have that done. Then we noticed she had another one and so we took her again. We went on holidays about six months ago, come back, and she's lost one of the big bottom ones. Right. And now, and now it was just not there anymore, so it's gone. Yep. And now she will not let you touch her face, her nose, and she's scared. She thinks that you're going to touch her. Sure. Well, what, what we know is that um, when they get gum disease, which is gingivitis, that, yes, yes. Uh, that can extend into periodontal disease which is down okay. in the tooth sulcus in the bone. And so if they yep. get infections and problems in there, this is quite painful. Both gingivitis okay. can be a little bit painful, but then if it actually develops this full periodontal disease, which is where the ligament that connects the tooth to the bone is now damaged and weakened, and that's why the tooth has been lost. And I yep. would be concerned that there is just ongoing disease in the mouth um, the problem we do sometimes see is dogs that have this sort of thing can develop osteomyelitis. So that's an infection, oh. um, an infection in the bone. And okay. that in particular will be uh, quite painful. It's something that has to be looked at probably with x-rays. And in the past when I've treated it with antibiotics, um, it's often dental treatment plus 6 to 12 weeks of antibiotics. So it can be quite extensive with the treatment time. Um, yep. And it's really just a matter of trying to keep pushing back on these infections. Diet helps but uh, and regular brushing helps. And unfortunately, some dogs, I think their genetics just means that they're more likely to uh, develop teeth problems. And, you know, it's, Daxies are going to be in that group as well. Oh, so, okay. No worries. So, uh, she went through the stage after she... After we come back and we noticed that one was fine, lost, yeah. um, she was fine. She would let you touch it and have yeah. face and she didn't bother and it was really good. It's just, um, we've just come back yesterday after being away for three weeks and now she won't let you near. And she looks scared of us. Yeah, she it's, like it's sore. Yeah. It need, yeah. Yeah. I think you need to go back. Yeah. Go back to the vet, and I'm sure they're going to say, look, we need to have her probably on antibiotics. I'd certainly even think she probably needs to be on some pain medication. Um, we often underestimate with our pets how painful they can be, and we say, oh, but they're still eating. But eating is a survival instinct. Like a, a dog or a cat is, they're not going to stop eating completely. What they'll do is they'll move the food around their mouth. So we can't really often see that pain in the early stages it's only when it gets to the stage that you're seeing that we go, hang on, there's something wrong. 
So best to get back and get that checked out. Okay, now a, a great question here. We've had one emailed in. We know it's that time of the year and it's only getting worse uh, as the summer comes in Australia. Flies. Oh, yeah. They're annoying, aren't they? They really are annoying. We, you know, we can spray things to keep mozzies off and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. But uh, Paul wanted to know, how does he keep flies off his pooch? Ah, oh, Cheryl. Cheryl's, Cheryl's Cheryl. a specialist in well, this space. There's lots and lots of products on the market, but there's mm. one particular product that I really recommend, and that's called Muscaban. And even though you can spray it on, I recommend most dogs don't like spritzes, so they get a bit freaked out. Mm-hmm. Getting a bit of chucks, saturating the chucks, and then wiping it over the dogs, particularly the dog's ears, because if they bite the ears, they'll often cause sores on the ears, and then you'll end up at the vets having to have them treated. How good are you? And you even did that in record time, because oh. I gave you the signal that said, oh, yep. I've just Wind looked up. at the time, <laughs> and uh, we're running out. Perfect. Thank you, Cheryl. My pleasure. And that's it. David, Cheryl, Wonderful. thank done. you both. That's Pet Chat for another week. We All are right. back same time next week. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.